Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Season 2, Episode Number 23 of Keeping Up with the Krakens, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is your co-host of the pod, Tyler Bell, coming from the beautiful Banff, Alberta, and just like always, joined by fellow co-host of the pod, Alec Durham, the Derminator. How's it going today, boss? Oh, not too bad, bro. Had a little rain day today, looking like it's going to be one tomorrow, so taking some time off and you know, cracking, getting some big dubs. So it's good. Awesome, man. Yeah, that's great to hear. Taking a little rain check. And like you said, cracking, getting some big W's lately. And uh, how about the one last night, putting up an eight piece against the Arizona Coyotes. So uh, that was a huge game. Should we even be surprised when they score eight goals a game anymore? No, I mean, they're uh, what, like the only team to do it, uh, what, like three or more times this season? Like a million. They don't ever yeah, stop. It's, it's crazy, man. It's it's pretty pretty unreal. But uh, let's jump back to a game earlier this week where they put up another big W, and that was against the Anaheim Ducks, playing them for the final time this season, putting up a four to one victory, another successful duck hunt for the Kraken. Yeah, that was great to see. I mean, Jaden Schwartz starts off the boys with his nineteenth of the year, just a big clapper down the wing, and they never looked back from that one. Yeah, it was a great game. Like you said, that that clapper right to start things off from Jaden Schwartz picking up goal number 19, that was a zinger to put to the back of the net. Oh, he just steps into it. I always love it when guys go down their strong wing, I guess you'd call it, and then step into the big clapper. It just reminds me of the Gretzky goal and Steve Eiserman coming across the blue line. And Oh, baby, those are big ones. Yeah, beating the goalie clean on that one. And then how about the little play between uh, Matty Beneers, Jared McCann, kind of making some magic. The first play isn't successful, but they stay on the puck. McCann's able to find Matty Beneers, who dipsy dangles his way in for his 21st of the season. That was some nice patience and handles on Matty Beneers there. Good collection and, you know, rebound awareness from McCann as he took his shot and collected it with his foot there a bit of a soccer action and then getting it over to Beneers and just tucks it home yeah beautiful play there in the crack and just outplaying the Ducks no surprise there in that first period shots 15 to 8 after the first 20 not so much action in the second period though no unfortunately all the action was for the Ducks there and even then it looked like Seattle was kind of helping them out when they win the board battle down low and unfortunately the puck gets flung right to Brock McGinn there he gets his 12th of the season on a one-timer yep but then uh back in the third period there um Daniel Sprung picking up goal number 20 the first time in his career he's ever hit the 20 goal mark so huge for Daniel Sprung and does it in Daniel Sprung fashion with an absolute snipe on the power play has a lot of time to just walk into that one and let it go top shelf yeah i couldn't believe they gave him so much space there and he had pretty good acceleration too to just snap into that eh oh yeah he did like especially from coming from basically a a standstill to just kind of walk in 
get the release that he did too. That was sneaky good. And of course, Schwartz and Baneers picking up assists on that goal. And then Wenberg with his 13th buries it with the empty netter, giving them the four to one victory in this game, out shooting the Ducks 39, 19 complete dominance throughout. Yeah. They even got a power play goal. Didn't allow any against on the power play. Just, you know, absolute dominance. Like you said, yeah, so just a fantastic way to kind of end things against the Anaheim Ducks this season, going 3-0-1 against them, picking up points in every single matchup, which you got to expect from a bottom feeder like the Ducks. Yeah, I mean, one of the probably two worst teams in the NHL over the last few months. You know, a little bit of hint on that later, Chicago, you suck too. So absolutely <laughs> good to just crush them and, like you said, take points in every game. Yeah, and then we all know what the toughest game was going to be this week, and that was against LA Kings, the big Saturday night game, Durham, and uh, the Kraken ultimately falls short in what was a pretty tight-checking, defensive-style, playoff-style matchup in this one. And like we kind of said last pod, expect it to be a low-scoring game, and it was. Yeah, exactly. The perfect kind of game the Kings would like to play, right? I mean, they're super defensive first, obviously led by Kopitar and Philip Deneau there down the middle. They're all over it. They got out to the first lead there in the second period on a kind of a broken play, looks like, when stick on puck blocking Iafalo's shot. I think it was McCann there, but the puck bounced right over to DeDerzy at the side of the net, and they got that first goal of the game and just didn't really look back, locked it down from there and took hold. Yeah, and uh, like you said, that was a bit of a lucky bounce there to find Sean Dersey just at the side of the net, uh, and he was able to open the scoring, like you said, and yeah, just unfortunate, too. Uh, Jones really didn't have a play on that one, and uh, one thing we didn't touch on was Jones picking up the big win against Anaheim and going back in for the game against L.A., which I think was a little bit shocking to some people. Yeah, that was a little odd to me, too, you know, looking and seeing Jones go back in not back-to-back, but back-to-back games. Mm-hmm. That was an yeah. interesting decision, especially, like, you look back last week or two weeks ago where they wouldn't even play him, and they called up Decord. Yeah, and now you're giving him uh, back-to-back and giving him the big matchup against L.A. too. Uh, maybe just to test him out, see where he really is. And, I mean, it wasn't a bad performance by any means, but, uh, you know, that second goal, too, that that's a tough one for him. You know, you get a breakout opportunity, and... You know, it ends up uh, on Tanev's stick and he tries to skate it out without making that uh, simple passing play and ends up getting stripped from behind by Carl Grundstrom, who, as soon as he stripped him, takes a couple steps and then just elevates it up over the glove of Jones. And that would put the LA Kings up to nothing in the game. Yeah, that was just an unfortunate, tough look for Tanev, a guy who's usually pretty steady in the D zone, you know, plays often defensive first hockey chip it out chip it in and definitely did not chip it out there yeah no kidding and uh, that put put him in a bit of a hole going into the third period but they'd give themselves some life after Bjorkstrand once again on the power play knocking home his 18th of the season yeah that was a nice one there kind of sitting alone in front Sprong got the shot off the post and I think it was Gavrikov tried to clear it and Bjorkstrand said nah buddy clear it to the back of the net yeah and that he did but unfortunately too little too late for a comeback for the crack and in this one kevin fiala buries the empty netter uh but like we said this was a pretty close game pretty close battle all around i mean uh most of it favored the crack and they outshot the kings they out hit them uh they had the better power play percentage in the game uh, you know, the the problem was that, you know, just trying to find the back of the net and actually succeeding. But it was a really, really defensive style game when you look at things throughout. I mean, it wasn't until the third period where a team actually put up more than, uh, you know, single digit shots. And that was the Kraken who had a nice pushback out shooting L.A. 12 to 5 in that final frame, but just couldn't get one past Phoenix Copley to tie the game, who had uh, a really, really good game himself. Yeah, I mean, like you said, anytime you win the special teams battles, you outshoot the other team, you out hit them even, you're looking to probably bring home a W. But unfortunately, in this playoff style game, it just suited the Kings a little better tonight. Next game, yeah. probably the Kraken win it. 
Exactly. It's one of those battles where I mean, they just didn't get the bounces, but uh, two really great teams going head to head. And we talked about last pod, how good LA has been. So uh, this isn't a game where you look at the score and you think, man, uh, you should be panicking about, because I think the Kraken were ultimately the better team in this one. Yeah, just fantastic. If they look, in the meet, look to meet in the playoffs, that would be a great series. Oh yeah, big time. Um, but moving right along, like we said, the big eight to one victory against Arizona last night. We got Philip Grubauer, the German gentleman, back in net for this one. And uh, like we said, the Kraken responded with just a huge game in this one. Yeah, this was a monster game that had everything you could have wanted from it. Tons of penalties, tons of shots, tons of goals for the Kraken, none for Arizona. Just fantastic stuff. It's going to be Ebbs getting us started with a power play marker. His 17th of the year, just five minutes in. Yeah, getting a good power play goal there, which we'll talk about in a second because it's been hot as of late. And then another guy who's been real hot as of late, Jared McCann on the uh, on the penalty kill with Matty Beneers. Make a little magic happen. Good job by Matty Beneers to have a strong forecheck and then receive that puck and go down the ice, skate with it. He has his head up. He's trying to make a play. McCann comes in behind him, takes that drop pass just as he enters the offensive zone and just snipes one in there for his 36th of the season. Yeah, that was just a nice play all around. Like you said, the back check from Beneers there, pinching the guy off on the wall, having the presence to skate the puck up ice especially after a good battle like that like you got to be drained and pull guys over to him drop it and then canner just wires it hell of a shot too hell of a shot too yeah just like you said and lawson kraus getting the arizona coyotes back within a goal in the second period and let's be fair this was a two to one hockey game halfway through uh, so it was a little bit closer than maybe you'd think looking at uh, the pig score line here, but uh, that didn't last long in the second half of the game because Carson Soucy finding his just his third of the season, able to sneak one five hole there. Uh, pretty little play from uh, from Daniel Sprong, Vince Dunn, to kind of get the puck to him. He had a lot of open ice to get that shot off. Yeah, that was just nice cycling. You get the low to high play from McCann. I think it was Larson, or sorry, Dunn, like you said. And then the banks pass off to Wall to Sprong. Nice little shimmy shake coming into the middle. And Susie just, oh, so much space all alone pinching in down the far side. Can't believe it's only his third after he was reaching double digits last year. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's really crazy to think that he only has three goals so far this season. After, like you said, reached double digit. I think he he led defenseman for the team and in, in uh, goals scored last season, and now he's only got three this season. So it's been a really hard year on Carson Soucy, but great to see him back on the score sheet. And Jared McCann finding himself back on the score sheet in this game with his. Second of the game, 37th on one of the nicer toe drags you're going to see all year long. Yeah, he came down the ice with speed there. Just what's Coach Chippy say? Toe drag release, baby. Just pulls that up. Got to be 15 feet into the middle of the ice. Gets the full range of motion on it and snaps it past Prosvitov. Dude, absolutely dirty toe drag though i mean even philip grubauer was in on the play picking up an assist on that one but uh jared mccann just coming down the ice with a mission he's been scoring so many times every time he scores he doesn't even smile he's got the exact same face he does as he's coming down the ice so kind of hilarious from canner there yeah he's all business baby he just wants to put the puck in the net as many times as he can yeah, and that's what the Kraken did all third period long because this is where they really busted out for four goals in the third period, starting things off with Will Borgen with his third of the season. Yeah, Wenberg's shot's going to get blocked there, and he's going to go pick that up then find Borgen in all alone at the top of the slot there, and he's going to wire it to the back of the net. Yeah, and uh, they weren't done there, obviously. Oliver Bjorkstrand picking up his 19th of the season. Also, Vince Dunn picking up uh, assist number 50 on this play. Yeah, Vince Dunn with a little fancy sp- fancy pants spinorama pass from the blue line down low, banks it off the wall. I can't remember who it was, but one of the Kraken forwards tied up an Arizona Coyotes defender and let the puck go right between the two of them to Bjorkstrand and 
from a terrible angle, he snaps it and gets it through a hole somewhere in there. Yeah, it wasn't a great game for uh, uh what's that fucking goalie's name? I know we talked Prozvatov. about it last pod. Prozvatov. He had some great stats coming in this year, but they absolutely got damaged in this game. And uh Morgan Geeky, too, a power play goal finding his eighth of the season, making it seven one with just under two left to play. Yeah, he's gonna be sitting alone in front of the net there, kind of, you know, a bit of a battle going on with another Kraken player in the slot, and he's gonna find some empty space when the rebound and collect it on the backhand and just tuck it in. And then after that, to end the game, you're gonna get Ryan Donato with just a freaking laser beam with about 30 seconds left. Just sick of their shit. Yeah, not only that, but goes after the guy who sent Daniel Sprong right into the net too. And uh, if there's anyone who's a bit of a smaller guy out there who's not really known for scrapping too much, Ryan Donato sure as hell loves to you know stick up for his teammates in those situations, and he has no problem doing that at all. Yeah, that was great to see. Like you said, Sprong just kind of got dumped for no reason other than we were kicking their ass. And Donato just doesn't hesitate, gets right over there and stirs it very back. Yeah, so you got to love that. I mean, a great way to end the game too, sticking up. And obviously, it doesn't seem like Daniel Sprong's uh, got nothing serious coming out of that. No real injuries or anything. So that's good news. And Daniel Sprong back in the scrapping business, baby, after scoring. So you love to see that. And Durham, some pretty decent hockey for the Kraken this week. They look like they're playing with lots of confidence but the one thing that's super super important i think is uh just the success that they had this week on the power play of course in the game against anaheim they were one for two going 50 percent in that game and then the game against la their only goal on the power play going one for two in that game 50 percent, and then this game against arizona two for seven so it looks like they're finding a bit of a touch on the power play here which is extremely important going into the final stretch here yeah if you can start to get hot on your special teams i mean picking up a shorthanded goal too that's confidence there shorthanded as well so if your special teams can start feeling real good down the stretch going into playoffs and you have a good game one with them as well then you're rolling yeah exactly that's exactly what they need going uh going into the final stretch and going into tonight's battle final battle against the vancouver canucks their enemies from across the border here uh what do you expect from this matchup durham Ooh, this is gonna be a pretty good game i think you know since the trade deadline and getting demko back the canucks are actually one of the nhl's best teams they're going 10 3 and 2 in that span They've been led offensively all year, but especially during this time frame by JT Miller and Elias Pettersson up front and Quinn Hughes on the back end. Yeah, and a large part of their success has to be under their new coach, uh, Rick Tockett, right? Who's really turned that ship around and has this team playing some extremely good hockey as of late. Obviously a little too late for this Vancouver Canucks team, but uh, when you look at some of their stats, like you said, since, what, March 3rd or you know, around that area, the trade deadline. I mean, uh, getting Demko back, all these things have kind of contributed, but uh, let's let's be honest here that uh, Rick Tockett has really come in and, and restructured this team, done a really good job at it. Well, you can look straight to their penalty kill for evidence of that, right? Like, sure, it sits at 70% all year, but for the last month and under Tockett there, he's got it back up quite a bit to higher. Oh, crap. I didn't write the exact number down, so you'll have to give me one second to pull that out of my ass. But it's significantly (laughs) better. I want to say it's top seven or eight in the NHL. Yeah, that's a pretty significant jump, too. And uh, you're obviously competing with a lot of top-tier teams when you're in that kind of range, right? So um, it's not going to be an easy matchup by any means tonight. I mean, this is a Vancouver team who's had the Kraken's number. I mean, last year they... Uh, swept them in all four matchups, beat them in the first two matchups this year, and then the Kraken finally got a win against the Vancouver Canucks in their what, eighth overall matchup. Uh, you know between the last two seasons here, and uh, going for the season series tie tonight against the Canucks. So, uh, looking for a big matchup. This one should be a fun one to watch. Eighty-four percent. That's what their PK is now or over the last month under Tockett. So he's improved it 14% to be in a top 10 overall team. I don't know. That's pretty good. How bad 
was their PK before that because it still ranks 32nd in the NHL with those improvements. Yeah, that's disgusting, right? Like, that's just straight that's up. At some point, your guys didn't want to do it. <laughs> that ain't a good disgusting. That's no. a bad disgusting. Ugly. Other than that, though, I mean, what else do you got? What do you think is going to happen tonight? Ooh, fuck, I don't know. That was a pretty good game last night for the Kraken, and I think Vancouver didn't play for a day or two, so they might take this one, to be honest. Let's hope that's not the case. We got to make sure we find our legs nice and early in this one and uh you know don't gas yourself out because that third period is going to be an important one tonight when you're playing on the second half of a back-to-back yeah you don't want to get too gassed nope going into the next matchup once again like we said we're going to be seeing the arizona coyotes still at home once again so after a little visit to vancouver they're back at home on thursday and a bit of a different theme for tonight's game Dur- or sorry for the thursday night's game durham yeah, Green Knight returns here with some sweet new jerseys for the warm-up game. Well, warm not warm-up game, the warm-up rematch against the Yotes here. They're going to wear the... Ah, fuck. They're going to wear them for the <laughs> warm-up against Arizona. They've been designed by local muralist Angelina V. Angelina V. These jerseys with logo redesigns are to highlight the power of nature and clean energy. So fuck yeah. Go planet green stuff. Yeah, and as for the game, I'm uh, I'm sure that Arizona will be burning for a good little revenge after the 8-1 stomping, but I don't think the Kraken are going to let that happen. No, you got to figure they're ready and getting, you know, set for playoffs here. You got to just be ready to go, especially knowing you stomped them last game that they're going to be burning to get back at you. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't expect eight to get put back up on the board. I mean, never say never, but um, this, again, once again, I think they match up so well against Arizona, especially when it comes to depth. They can just roll four lines that uh, can all score. I mean, like we said, 20-goal score on your fourth line. How are you? But, uh, yeah, that Daniel Spronkhead, not too bad. But this is just a matchup where Arizona is just outpowered in all facets. Yeah, there's honestly not a single thing they could do that would scare Seattle, to be honest, other than be on the power play for a whole fucking 60 minutes. Yeah, and we uh, seen how that worked out last game. Uh, you know, Seattle actually had the advantage on sh- shorthanded, Ooh. so outscoring Arizona. So even that might not help them. Nothing can. Not even Bedard. So, like we said, this is a this is a really you know, easier stretch compared to most teams uh, for the Seattle Kraken. And that easiness is going to continue on after that game against Arizona. Cause on Saturday, April 8th, they're playing at home against the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. And we want to talk about our spoiler alert from earlier. Chicago has been neck and neck with the ducks for the worst team in the NHL since the trade deadline. They only have three wins in 15 games, and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. Their top scorer during that time span has 11 points and is the only Blackhawk to hit double digits. He all season has 37 points. Ooh, that's a tough time. 37 points is their leading scorer, too, and that's tied with Taylor Radish. 37 points right now. Obviously, they made some trades, right? Max shipped Max Domi out, and... Patrick Kane, those guys had a few points themselves, but now uh, their leading scorer, 37 points at this point of the season. That's fucking horrendous. Yeah, that's some like hardcore, we're not even trying to win. We're just tanking for Bedard shit right there. And then they're not even last yet. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's just insane to think about. I mean, uh, this is a team that obviously when you, when you give those kind of stats, 37 goals, they are they're last in the NHL for goals for per game, sitting at 2.42 on average per game. And, and the Kraken sitting at a nice fourth overall in the NHL at 3.51. So obviously the goal scoring is in favor for the Kraken in this one. And there should be absolutely no excuse for losing this big Saturday night game at home. Oops, I was wrong. They are last. Anaheim won a game and passed them. So Ooh. you're an idiot, Alec. The only bright spot for Chicago is Taze came back. So at least he's going to hopefully finish his career playing. 
Yeah, that is a great uh, thing, actually. That's a great point you're bringing up because Jonathan Taves is, um, you know, say what you want about whatever off-ice comments he's made um, regarding the Chicago organization, but Jonathan Taves has been a hell of a player and a, and a hell of a guy for a long time in the NHL now. And uh, just to see what he's been through the last couple seasons of, you know, the recovering from the sickness he's had what the long-term COVID effect and and all of that that's you know taken away a lot of games for him now so just the fact that he's able to actually get out and play and uh you know this might be the end of it for Jonathan Taves yeah I think it was even a quote from him a couple weeks ago where he's like this might be the last couple weeks of my career or whatever and you just can't help but feel for the guy, like a guy who battles his heart out every single night that he plays. And no matter what team it was for, whether it was internationally for Canada or for Chicago at any point in regular season or playoffs, it didn't matter to him. It was go time. Yeah. He's been a player who's always stepped up when it's mattered too. And uh, I uh, can't help but think back to, you know, when he was what, like 19, 20, maybe 20 years old back in that 2010 uh, Olympics, maybe he was 21. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, hard to remember back then already. Now it's crazy to look back how that's already been what 13 years ago, basically. But that run where he led that team in points with seven points, I think he won best forward too, which is just incredible for a guy who basically made that team as the 13th forward, right? Like came on to camp or came into camp and wasn't really on their radar and as like one of their top 13 and then fought his way onto the team got in there like you said was the 13th forward and by the end of camp they were like or by the end of the tournament they were like that guy was the most important part of our team we think yeah yeah it's just incredible stuff and i mean he's obviously got uh the accolades and the trophies and everything to back up everything and you know how can we not mention the you know the shootout against usa what 2007 um Fuck World yeah. Juniors, where you know he goes three for three, just an, an incredible performance there to send that team to the gold medal game, and of course they went on to win that gold medal as well. So Jonathan Taves just uh, can't say enough good things about him, to be honest. But moving on, uh, that Monday right after the Saturday, so April tenth, take a little trip to Arizona, facing them for the third and final time of the season, and uh, like we said. Should be another big win there, and, and the Kraken should be going on a nice streak because after that, they end the season with a couple hard, hard matchups, Durham. Yeah, they're going to have two games, a little home-and-home home against Vegas Golden Knights. Stupid, stupid Golden Knights. Since the deadline, unfortunately, there is not a team in the NHL with more points than Vegas's 25. Edmonton's tied, though, so they're not the only team up there. They've been led offensively by Eichel and Marsa show and not to mention the reemergence of Alex Petrangelo. They've been getting good. Yeah, man, this freaking team just finds ways to succeed. I mean, I really didn't have much faith in them this year. You know, Robin Leonard being out all year long just hasn't showed any effectiveness at all to this team. Like it didn't, didn't squander them one bit. I don't think they lost much points at all from that situation. And then of course, they dealt with injuries from, you know, their star forwards like Mark Stone and Eichel was out for a bit and, uh, you know, losing match Pacioret, Max Pacioretty. And it just seems like not much affects this team. No, they seem to be just, you cannot hurt them. They're indestructible. They're almost like the freaking Black Knight. I think it was the Black Knight from Monty Python. No matter oh, yeah. what you cut off, he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Come on. It's just a flesh wound. They should be the Vegas Black Knights. Yeah, man, it's just insane. But one thing we certainly can expect is this is going to have playoff vibes all around it here, baby. This is going to be some intense last couple of games for sure, no? Oh, yeah. These games may decide if the Golden Knights nab first in the division slash conference. So expect nobody to be resting. Seattle's looking to make sure they get the best spot they can as well. So they're not re- going to be resting. I know they're not clinched, but their magic number right now is five. So come on, they're basically in. 
Yeah, I mean they're basically in. Like, I mean seven two and one in their last ten. They're they're um, they're playing some unreal hockey and and depending on how things go within the last you know stretch of five six games for the remainder of uh, you know teams in the Western Conference, this could potentially be a first round matchup still. And to think that they play the last two games of the season against each other and could possibly go into a series after that. How crazy of a scenario could that be? Oh, that would absolutely suck if you're on either of those two teams, though. Imagine it goes seven and you got to play nine straight fucking games. Nine straight games against the same team. There could be some bad, bad blood um, even before the playoffs start, too. So this is just uh, gearing up to be uh, quite a crazy situation. And how cool would that be for the Kraken just in their second season to make playoffs and go against the team that you know has recently come into the league as well and found a lot of success already and and to get that kind of matchup of the you know the two newest teams in the NHL going at it in the first round of playoffs that could be just insane to watch Seattle's first regular season game in the NHL was against Vegas might as well shoot for their first playoff game too. And it was a heated game as well. I mean, that one, that was just uh, an insane atmosphere, uh, you know, insane game, waved off goals, super dramatic, so much drama. Yeah. So much drama going on in that game. And I could only imagine, you know, having that amped up that much more in the playoffs and how special that would be. Yeah, That'd be amazing but we'll be able to uh, get into a bit more of a a little playoff breakdown next episode, Durham, because next episode we're definitely going to be doing a big playoff preview and and, uh, maybe going up against, uh, you know, just checking out what matchups kind of favor the Kraken the most and and just getting a deep dive into playoffs, baby, because I am super excited for that. Yeah, by that point we'll know who they're going to be playing, so that's going to be where it's real breakdown and what we can look to exploit. Exactly. So super pumped for that. Kraken fans, the biggest tournament in college basketball is underway and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN because right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. All right, welcome back, Kraken fans. And Durham, hope you're packed up right now because we're taking a trip to Coachella, baby. And no, we're not going there to see no music or anything like that. We're checking in on the Firebirds. So let's see, uh, because this team has been very dominant as of late. So let's break down, uh, you know, they're heading into playoffs pretty soon, and they've been so dominant. What do you got here, Durham? What's uh, What's been the standout and the reason why this team has found so much success? I don't know if you can pick just one exact reason as to why they've found so much success because they've got it spread out throughout the lineup here. I mean, you've got 2D in the top 8 and D scoring across the entire AHL with Brogan Rafferty with 51 points and Riker Evans. That's right. Rookie boy Riker Evans, 42 he also leads all rookie defensemen in the AHL with points. Yeah, super impressive stuff, especially when you're talking about Riker Evans. And we talked about how he could step in and be an impact player in his first season in the AHL. But I don't know if we all expected him to be leading all rookies in scoring and being so dominant as he is. He's he's really coming into his own. Like you said, 42 points already on the season and uh, just impressive stuff. And not only that, but they're getting a they're getting it done by a rookie too on the forward side of things. Yeah, Ty Cartier. He also just got Rookie of the Month in the AHL for March, and throughout the entire season, he also leads all of rookies in scoring. 
So, you know, fantastic job by the first ever signed Kraken player. He's got 54 points this season. Yeah, it's pretty insane. And uh, not only that, they, they're getting goals from a lot of players uh, on this team, Durham. I mean, Max McCormick, this is a guy who I would never expect to have 60-plus points in the AHL, but he's really coming into his own since he's you know started his pro career. I know he was a draft pick of the Senators who came out of Ohio State and, you know, it was more of a tough guy grinder style of play. And and uh, that's kind of what he brought. But he's really found his scoring touch here in uh, Coachella Valley. And uh, yeah, 27 goals for him on the season. Just shy of the 30 goal mark. Not only him, Cole Lind, the right winger too, is a young guy hit the 60 point mark and has 29 goals himself on the year. And, and Ty Cartier with 26. I mean, they have a lot of guys who could hit 30 goals. You look at Jesper Froden, who's lost some games to injury, only 44 games for him, but 25 goals as well. So tons of different goal scorers on this team, tons of different players getting it done offensively. Exactly. The depth up front hasn't just been in Seattle. It's obviously pushed guys down organizationally, and the AHL team in Coachella has been thriving because of it. 420 goal scorers. Yeah, big time, dude. And uh, let's take a look at the back end because we praise this guy so much, and there's good reason to because he's really, really found his game in the AHL this year, and that's Joey Dak, baby. And, and Durham, you want to hit us with a couple of the stats that impress you the most about Joey Dak this season? Ooh, just a couple, but there's so many. I mean, Joey Dak is top five in almost every important goalie category. Wins, save percentage, goals against average, shutouts, and assists. I mean, the goddamn guy just does it all. Doing it all, and he had an impressive showing recently in the NHL. So, um, yeah, this team's just doing it all. The special teams, too, have been uh, just running running rampant, too, in the AHL, hasn't it? Yeah, they've been doing a real good job. I mean, I kind of thought it was a little funny that both their power play and their penalty kill ranked ranks eighth in the entire AHL. The power play sitting at 21.6%, and the PK just a shade under 83 those are pretty good special teams. Yeah, that's not too bad if I say so myself. And uh, this is going to be a, a a team to keep an eye out on because playoffs are going to be starting pretty soon, right? Yeah, I think they've got six games left. And I think it's uh, the NHL ends on the 14th and the final AHL game is the 16th. But Coachella Valley's done on the 15th. So there's some numbers for you. There we go. Yeah. And it's always uh, the AHL always seems to start their playoffs just after the NHL. That just always seems to happen, doesn't it? Yeah, they always start just a few days later, but their first round is only a best of five. Yeah, that that first round is the best of five. That's right. They do it that way, which, uh, you know, it is what it is. It kind of helps speed things up a little bit, I guess, in that scenario. And kind of, yeah. Don't know exactly why, to be honest. I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest there. But I think it's one other, cost. yeah. <laughs> there we go. See, you're money. always on top. Goddamn of money. Goddamn money. One more tidbit though that I want to mention too, because um, we haven't talked about him since he's started playing again, and that's Chris Dreger, baby. And he's been down there at Coachella Valley too, and he's been helping put up some, uh, some wins for this team as well playing in 11 games so far and uh, has seven wins, three losses. So that's his record. So he must have entered a game where he didn't get categorized in one of those, but also has a shutout too for a nice little nine, 902 save percentage with a 287 goals against average. So not too bad from Chris Dreger after, you know, what, six, seven months off or however long, what was it like nine months? I'm, it's got to be something like gotta that. Be almost I think it was like, like May to, to January, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be like, yeah, probably no, about nine months of, yeah. of not playing any hockey. So good to see him getting his feet wet down in the AHL. And looks like, uh, you know, whether it's Joy Decord or Chris Dreger or whoever, they obviously have a lot of depth goaltending that they can work with here. Yeah, they should be able to find a pretty strong backup goaltender for next season out of those two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shouldn't have a problem doing that, which makes the next season pretty interesting with what direction they're going to go in in net. 
do you trade one or do you just risk losing one to waivers? Well, I think uh, I think you probably look at trying to trade one. Um, if you if I'm being completely honest, I mean, uh, chances are you'll, you'd you'd probably lose one to waivers. I think. Yeah, especially with I think Dreder's contract and the uncertainty of NHL starts, that's going to be a tougher one to move. So most likely to get waived, just based on money. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, that is. Um what is it? 3 million straight, three, three, I think million so. three or 3.3 or, or something like that yeah. starts with a three. That's for sure. It was, so, a, I think a three year deal as well, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Three by three. I think it was a $9 million uh, total average annual or sorry, total money. Um, but yeah, that one could be one where they want to ship that money out to make a big move in the summer too. Yeah, I mean, it's a 3.5 cap hit that he's got for next season. So if they can move that out, that's something to definitely be able to help the team. Big time, especially because, uh, you know, all signs point to them trying to make a big play, especially on defense next season. That would be what uh, I would think is going to happen. But uh, Durham, moving along from the uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds talk, uh, we got a player of the week, and uh, I think uh, I'm going to hand it over to you for this one. Well, for player of the week, we're going to change it up here a little bit. We're going to go with a guy who maybe goes a little under the radar at one end of the rink because he's just so damn good at the other end. And that's Adam Larson. This guy plays his heart out every game and plays the game hard with D-first mentality, which is why it's so nice to see him put up career years on offense. That's right. Big Cat has new bests in assists, points, plus-minus, Shots on goal, including his first career shorthanded goal, and not to mention his next tuck would also tie a career high of goals in a season for eight. Just got to give the man some long overdue recognition. Holy player of the week or player of the year here. Oh my goodness, those uh, stats you're eating off get me a half chub, Durham. Just been fantastic. That pairing of him and Vince Dunn gets everybody horny. Meow. Wow. Oh, that's Sorry, a big cat. It's the, it's the cat, dude. Who's the that's cat? That's a big me? cat. Yeah, but uh, that, those are some big cat stats right there. So, I mean, all the credit to Adam Larson, too. And he just eats pucks all day. Just takes them on the PK. Just gets down to the one knee and just eats them. Gobbles them up. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, baby. Don't even have the stats in front of me, but uh, is this guy leading this team in shots blocked, too? Because I, I would... <sighs> I would be, I'd be putting the farm on. on That's a good question, actually. Wait, how how fast do you think you could find that stat right now? I'm working on it. Give me one (laughs) second. What's would it be under miscellaneous? Let's check that. It is under miscellaneous. Sounds. Uh, He leads the team with 163 blocks. Next closest is Alexiak with 105. Knew it, dude. Not even close, too. Bro, he's got. So third is 83. Double 83 is 166. He's only three blocks less of double third place. That's crazy. Is Who's third, Borgen? Yep. Fucking knew it. On it. Just, Just drilled it. Dialed in right now. Holy crap. That puts Adam Larson ninth in the league. Alec Martinez has 233 blocks. Wow, that guy enjoys rubber for every meal. There's two Vegas Golden Knights players in the top three. Braden McNabb is the other one with 187. They might finish 1-2. Jacob Truba's only got one more block. I wonder if that's ever been done, uh, because that sounds pretty hard to have two players eating that many pucks. And uh, that's something that you know Seattle has to be... Uh, has to be aware about, especially if they end up in a playoff series against Vegas and knowing those two guys on the ice and how often they're blocking, getting to the lanes, maybe taking advantage of that, using those bodies, you know, to screen their own goalie in a sense, maybe a couple of fake shots, get them out there, get them flying around, swimming on the ice. It's gotta be a game plan because Petrangelo is eighth with 166. Yeah. I mean, look at, uh, you know, Bruce Casty. he's, uh, He's a guy who who uh, 
is known for making his players, you know, play the game hard and play it tough. And when you're blocking that many games, man, or that many games, that many pucks, man, you're going to be sore. That's, that's crazy. That's going to be some ice bags just walking out of the room. Yeah. Not even people at that point, just ice bags taped to them. Thro- yeah. Throwing a couple shin splints there. Ooh, those will hurt. Durham, one more thing we got to talk about here before uh, we wrap up at least the uh, the Kraken talk here. And uh, that's Andre Burakovsky sighting, baby. Oh, shit. That's got to be good coming down to playoffs. This is huge for the Kraken. Of course, they've been without Burakovsky, who at the time when he left was leading the team in points. So, uh... Andre Burakovsky has not played with them for over two months now. And uh, just yesterday spotted at practice in a red non-contact jersey. So will he be ready for playoffs? Don't know 100% sure if it's a game one going to be ready for it. But Durham, this definitely looks promising. Yeah, anytime you can be getting a guy back that was leading your team in scoring when he got hurt, that's obviously a good thing. You put him right into the top six, and especially his playoff experience with Washington and Colorado. Oof, this could be good. Yeah, I mean, look at exactly what he has done in the playoffs, like you said, with Washington, with Colorado recently. Obviously, he got the Cups, but uh, he was a big part of some of the offense in those runs too, and I remember him scoring some pretty big goals in the finals for for that Colorado Avalanche team too. I think he scored, what, the – the game winner too in overtime in game one too. And uh, you know, he's he's uh he's a big part of this hockey team. He's gonna jump right on and be uh most likely on that top line. If not, he'll be uh, slotted onto that second line for sure. So no doubt about it, he's uh he's gonna be in the top six and this is gonna be a huge, huge piece for the Kraken if he's able to find himself back in the lineup for playoffs. Yeah, I can't see him not trying to force his way back i mean we're basically two weeks out yesterday from playoffs starting if he's back to skating and non-contact i think it could line up for game one maybe game two he comes back yeah exactly i would expect it to be something that uh is gonna be too too far away if he's starting to practice with the team getting comfortable you got to think he's around two weeks away and that pretty much lines up with where you're looking at maybe game one of the playoffs and damn that's exciting to think that playoffs is uh around two weeks away durham i know it's only like we've been waiting i don't know six months for it yeah too long oh playoffs is just the best time of year um after yeah, wrapping that up, uh, I just want to mention Durham. Congratulations on making it to the finals of our fantasy hockey league. Oh, thank you, thank you. I did not think I stood a chance last week, and somehow, some way, something pulled me through the semifinals. That's all you need, baby. And uh, how do you like your chances in the finals here? Even worse than I liked them last week. <laughs> <laughs> How's the matchup looking so far? I have not taken a look at all, but whoa, Durham, off to a 7-3 lead. Oh, Jesus, those goalie stats are not good. Yeah, Saros kind of got spanked by Dallas last night, so that didn't go well. But, I mean, at least I have 95 games remaining. Remaining, holy. Okay, so you have a bit of an edge on games for sure. Um, That's a great sign. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. It's going to be an exciting one to keep an eye out because you do have it set where it's the uh, the final, obviously, week and a uh, half, I guess. Week and a half? Full two weeks? Is it full two weeks, I guess? Nah, it's about, a, it's, I think, 11 days. Instead of ending on the Sunday, it ends on Friday night. Okay, close. Close enough. But uh, you know what? I got bounced in the semifinals against, uh, you know, shooters who uh, you're playing in the, in the finals here so best of luck to you and i hope you pull out that win because um f you shooters for beating me out thank you thank you i really hope i pull out the win too because everyone just e-transferred me the money so it's just sat in my bank account right so i gotta pay out from basically pocket for the winners so if i win i get to just keep the 200 bucks and i don't have to send it to anybody yeah that's a nice uh that'd be nice to do that for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, 
I will have to add in, though, my other team made it to the finals. Oh, so we're both in finals. We're both in finals, I keep forgetting you're in two leagues. I know. (laughs) Funny enough, I thought my better team was the one in this league, but I just did not have the performances I needed to get myself to the finals. That would have been pretty sick to have us both going head-to-head in the finals. That would have been a fun one. Dude, I did not want to play your team. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. This, I can't see this going well. Especially, like, if I'm kind of struggling on something, I just shoot into the group chat. What do you guys think? And I wouldn't be able to do that. Fuck, even last week, I didn't think you would answer me because we were both te- technically competing against each other. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, you know, all in all, at the end of the day, we're still friends. And we've both had some pretty good years, no matter how these final last 11 games go for each of us. So... Um, you know, as bad as my draft kind of went, I was still able to make enough moves to, to, I don't know, be competitive enough, but, uh, that's the end of the season for Timu Salami at least. So, uh, you know, best of luck with my other team and uh, best of luck with your team. You can still win your money back in ours, Ty. You're not dead yet. Really? Yeah. Third place gets money back. Oh, maybe I should do my lineups then. What the fuck? I didn't know. I'm pretty sure I have to drop two players. I never picked anybody up. So, yeah, it you might be two worth. Goalies. It might be worth uh, swinging back around on that one and uh, making a couple moves here. Then, yeah, you might want to try for your twenty five dollars. That's it. You know what I'm doing? Where's Jordan Eberle, baby? No, you stay away from him. No, man, I, I was gonna up pick up Eberle. Daniel Strong for last night's game, and then I thought. I couldn't decide on who to pick up, and I didn't get Sprong, and then he got two points, and I was like, huh, oops. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to make a, an interesting pickup right here, Durham. Um, I'm going to go for a Kraken player, but I'm also going to pick this player up right now, and you might be questioning why, but I feel like they're going to be hot down the stretch. Do I get Let's to see. guess first? No, well, if you guess right oh, now, because I hey, just I'm not looking up. at my phone. I just felt it vibrate. <laughs> Bjorkstrand. No, but that's the player I'm probably going to pick up uh, right after this. Um, is it on his line? It's not even on his team. I thought you said you were just picking up a Kraken player. I am going to pick one up, but I said two. I got two drops, right? I had two drops. I got two pickups. Oh, man. You said you were looking at a Kraken player, and then you said you were going to pick somebody up, and I went to go guess who, so I assumed it was a Kraken. I was guessing. Well, I just Dorof picked up Really? Is he the Vegas guy? Call me crazy. Man, I wanted Pittsburgh to draft him because he was lighting it up wherever the fuck he was when he was getting picked. Was he? And then he went in the third round. Dude, he's been pretty good. Stupid, sexy Vegas. And by pretty good, I mean real good. It's been lights out, bro. Uh, He was 264th last week. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that doesn't sound lights out but uh you know what i i have a feeling all right i have a feeling he's gonna go on a streak here he's gonna start scoring for that team but um yeah i think we're just rambling on at this point why don't we uh why don't we wrap up episode number 23 thank you everybody for tuning in make sure to rate this episode five stars if you've enjoyed it and stay tuned for episode number 24 when we talk about playoffs baby Oh, fuck yeah. There we go. And uh, let's get the puck out of here, Durham. Cheers, everybody. 